Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. Today's episode is a very special bonus episode chatting all about one of the films having its UK premiere at Fright Fest Glasgow this very weekend. Um, Friday the 10th of March, in fact. So if you're listening now, it's probably today, um, which is very exciting. Um, my name is Ben Errington, and I'm joined by Amber Doeg Thorne, an actor, comedian, writer, producer, and star of the upcoming slasher movie Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. Welcome, Amber. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Hello there. No problem at all. A- absolutely an honor for you to be on the show. Actor, comedian, writer, producer. It's all going on. You know, I just couldn't fit any more words in there. If I could, I would. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm one of those people where I'm not very <laughs> talented at any one thing. I'm just slightly above average at a couple. So I just throw loads of words together and hope it sounds impressive. No, no I don't believe that for a second. I always say that modesty, letting the modesty get the better of you there. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'm... I should add extremely modest to the end of that list then. <laughs> is Is being proud of being extremely modest in itself not very modest? Oh, the irony. <laughs> Ooh, you are head, correct <laughs> my head's kind of hurting from that um so thank uh, you <laughs> thank you very very much for joining us to discuss the film before we get started i will read out some details on the film for the uninitiated anybody who doesn't know um about this film i think if you listen to a horror podcast you, i'm pretty sure you will know about this film because we've mentioned it on the show before and it's been everywhere the horror community have been going pretty wild for this So um, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is a 2023 British independent slasher film written, directed and produced by Reese Freight Waterfield. The film serves as a horror retelling of A.A. Milne and E.H. Shepard's Winnie the Pooh books. It follows Pooh and Piglet, who have now become feral and bloodthirsty murderers as they terrorise a group of young university women and an adult Christopher Robin when he returns to the Hundred Acre Wood many years after leaving for college. Um... Give it a rest, Pooh and Piglet, isn't it? Why are they? What's what's their problem? Go well, on. They're traumatized because, and to be honest, I understand. Have you ever been hangry? Yeah. 
You know, when you're hungry and you're angry. So Pooh and Piglet, at the core of this story, they're just really hangry. You know, Christopher Robbins abandoned them to go to university and he always fed them and looked after them. And he's gone and apparently they can't fend for themselves. So they've just got a serious case of the hanger, which naturally turns you into a serial killer in this universe. They've been gone for for years. They must be incredibly hangry. I can't even begin to imagine. I get pretty... Angry enough to kill a whole group of people. So uh, that's where the film is. It strikes me as you know, sometimes when you do go away and you come back to your hometown or you meet, your, you haven't seen some friends of yours for a while and they yeah. are kind of angry at you. They can't be happy for you and your achievements. <laughs> it's Why just not? like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Um, exactly. So, I mean, so the first question, Amber, is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. How? Why? When? I mean, all of those things. Yeah. They're the main things. I've kind of wondered. How did it come about? The concept of the film. I understand, obviously, Winnie the Pooh, the characters became available in the public domain. And that's how it happened. Exactly. Yeah. So the Winnie the Pooh characters from A.A. Milne's book came into the public domain in January 2022. Um, and these guys just decided, why not make a film about it? Um, so it's the version from the book that's in the public domain, not Disney's version. So Pooh isn't running around in a red top and no pants, which I think everyone's going to be grateful for. Um, so oh. it's the version from the books. And they, from what I understand, the director and the writer, they just thought, you know, this is a really unique idea. Why not? Let's go for it. Um, they mm. make a lot of horror films. And personally, I've had the privilege of acting in a lot of horror films. I've done about 23 um, British feature films now, I think, that are horror thriller. Yeah, I'm a big oh, wow. horror fan, trust me. Um, and I also loved Winnie wow. the Pooh growing up. So for me, when I read the synopsis, I was like, this is like a perfect marriage of two <laughs> things that I absolutely love, poo and horror. And I love the fact that it was such a unique idea because... I think nowadays it's quite difficult to come across a film that is genuinely original. Like there's so many mm. prequels, sequels, spin-offs, remakes, you know, it's it feels like a lot of what I'm seeing has already been done. Um, yeah. So to read the synopsis and to read the script, I was like, this is wild, but I'm totally here for it. It's a really cool idea. Um, I love the story. I love the character that I get to play. She's called Alice. She's a really, really cool character. And yeah, I was just really excited to be a part of it. Wow. I mean, it does sound incredibly, incredibly unique. And yeah, as I already mentioned, something that the horror community seems to have got really, really excited about. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I didn't realize you've been in so many horror movies as well. That is. I love horror. (laughs) Are you like an exclusively horror actor, would you say? No, no. So I do a bit of everything. So my two biggest passions are kind of like comedy and horror. Um, Mm. But I mean, I love a good action comedy. I've got a Viking film coming up called Dying Breed. I've got a psychological thriller coming up called Baby in the Basket, doing quite a few horror comedies. So I do a bit of everything. I just really, really love horror, which is why I've mainly done horror in the past. But now, you know, I'm branching out a little bit more. I feel like I've done a good amount of horrors. I'm like, I can tick this off Mm. the bucket list. I'm satisfied. So now I'm gonna cross some other genres. Yeah, get all those genres crossed off like a big, big old bingo card. Yeah. You've got like a really big social media presence as well, haven't you? I, I mean, me, I've been familiar with you on various platforms for quite a while now. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. So how did how does that kind of like compare? I guess sort of mm-hmm. the sort of social media presence you have and the skits you do and everything like that to suddenly turning on the extreme emotions. I, w- I would say. Yes. So I've been acting since I was a child. Um, I did a lot of like plays, musicals, pantomimes at school, and I've always known that it's what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, along the way, um, I've kind of fallen into doing some other things as well. So I do a lot of like celebrity interviews, interviewing like actors and filmmakers about their upcoming films. 
um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Helen Mirren, people that have been heroes to me since I was a child. I know, like oh, that's wow. apart from acting, that's like my favorite thing, just because I get to speak to my heroes, which is insane. Um, but also I kind of fell into social media by accident. Um, so I just started writing and producing my own comedy sketches, which I put online. Um, comedy is something I've always loved. I remember when I was younger, I do like little performances for my parents. <laughs> like standard nice. comedy and oh, wow. I'm sure okay. I wasn't very funny but they'd laugh you know they're supportive um but I always knew that I wanted to do something with comedy and I just like being creative um so in between acting jobs I was like oh why don't I just you know get some experience behind the camera because I think that's really important nowadays like not just mm. being an actor you know having experience as a writer director producer edit I, I tried to I kind of tried my hand at everything um just because I think that's given me a better understanding of how films are made. So now I genuinely mm -hmm. feel like my acting performance is better in a way because I understand the bigger picture rather than just acting, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I fell into the social media. That was really fun. Um, and it's something, it's kind of on the back burner right now just because I've been really lucky to be so busy with acting. Um, but I love writing the sketches and the response over the years has just been amazing. And yeah, I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Not something yeah. I ever expected though. <laughs> Well, no, but I, I mean, that's the that's the way it kind of works out most of the time, isn't it? You try your hand at something, it seems yeah. to be a success. And I guess learning the ropes of, of everything to do with filmmaking is probably really, really helpful. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. think so. That's really cool. Um, so I guess what I was going to, I was going to ask you about the role of Alice. I know we touched on it slightly there. I also wanted to know what was challenging about that role. And I also wondered if the character's arc resonated with you personally in any way because i know that can be helpful Love that question oh that question's so in depth yes okay i'm here for it because normally people say just tell me about alice but i'm like okay really, so, great <laughs> really great question okay i try um so very silly questions i've got some i i guess the fact that that question is good and in depth will will be a good apology for some of the questions that come later oh so i love silly questions i'm excited okay we'll be serious for now and then we'll be a bit silly okay great so okay, okay. alice <laughs> Yeah. Um, so there were two things that really drew me to this project. One of them, like I said, was the fact that, you know, it's it's original and it's unique. And I was such a big fan of Winnie the Pooh, so it, it made sense. The second reason was the character that I have the privilege of playing called Alice. And she goes on a real journey through the film. And it's something which I think people will be able to relate to. So whenever I uh, start to build a character from the ground up before I start performing in a film, um, I like to find something in common with the character. And in this film, at the beginning, Alice is, she's very, you know, calm and caring and just passive in a way, I'd say. And um, what I like about this character is that she's in the film, she's in an LGBT relationship and she's very comfortable with her sexuality. She's out of the closet. She's had many female, female relationships in the past. It's nothing new to her, but for her girlfriend, it's her first relationship with another woman. So at the beginning oh, of the okay. film, her journey starts and she's kind of trying to make her girlfriend feel comfortable. And I'd say Alice's key focus and motivation at the start of the film is more on her partner and just trying to get her to feel at peace with the relationship and be comfortable with who she is as a person. But we see in the trailer that Alice's girlfriend, Zoe, is actually killed in the swimming pool by Piglet. She gets a sledgehammer to the head. So that's a really big turning point for Alice. Yep, I know, intense. I know, how could he? Um, so that's kind of the turning point for Alice. And then for the rest of the film, she is intent on avenging her girlfriend's death and she wants to get revenge on Piglet. And she has this wonderful transformation where she goes from being, you know, really like sweet and kind and caring to being this like 
she's a badass, you know, she's strong, she's like fierce, she's feisty, and she's one of the only human characters in the film to successfully take on Pooh or Piglet. Um, and there's a really oh, great wow, scene, okay. which was actually my favorite scene to film. Um, when people have seen the film, they'll know which one it is. It's basically a standoff um, that I have with Piglet. And I may or may not get my revenge. We will have to wait and see. But that was a really fun one to film. But I just think representation is really important in every sense of the word when it comes to, you know, gender, sexuality, ethnicity. And a lot of films that I've seen recently, when they try and portray LGBT characters, they have to make their sexuality their defining feature. And, you know, it it defines who they are and it's kind of shouted about and it's really in your face. And in reality, it's not like that. You know, it's just a part of who you are as a person. And what I liked about this script is that it's just something that's there, you know? It's mm -hmm. not really highlighted throughout the film. It's, like I said, it's just a part of who Alice and Zoe are. And I liked that it felt really authentic. Um, and I feel really privileged to be able to bring that representation to the screen because I feel like a lot of films, they're trying, but I feel like they're not quite there yet. And it still feels a bit un inauthentic. So I'm hoping that with Blood mm -hmm. and Honey, it will inspire other independent filmmakers to kind of rethink the way that they're writing these LGBT characters and hopefully make them more natural, if that makes sense. Yeah, because that does sound a bit more authentic in terms of representation of, yeah. of, of that sort of relationship, because... Exactly. You know, often it may be sure maybe there's a relationship in slasher movies, horror movies, movies of other genres, but that's quite a complex way of looking at a relationship. And of course, a lot of the times characters in films and slasher movies are kind of written as just fodder. So, yeah, just bodies to be killed. Yeah, bodies to be true. killed. Like what, what have you got? You've got usually like a douchebag. Yep. Um, the, the, like, <laughs> All of the stereotypes, the popular one, the mean girl, the geek. Yeah. <laughs> which one's, oh, one's going to die first? Can't wait to find out. Um, but yeah, so that that is really interesting, and yeah. uh, that's another another side to it, I guess that, that yeah. should be should be explored. Um, would you say that is how this film differentiates from other slasher movies, the character work, or would you say that there's anything else in particular? I know, of course, there's the obvious thing, the fact that this is Winnie the Pooh. Although that's what I was going to say, <laughs> like a hu a human wearing a Winnie the Pooh mask and he, that's right isn't it there's not like some no so this is, it is an anamorphic yeah so the anamorphic creature so oh it's actually God. a bear and actually a pig slash hog so so many I've seen so many reviews where people are like oh it's crazy men in masks and I'm like well not that I'm aware of they're anamorphic creatures so hence thought... why yeah this is why they go on like a murderous rampage because they can't okay. fend for themselves because they're creatures they're not humans you know um so yeah that's kind of where the story is but I think a a lot of people have kind of got the wrong end of the stick and thought it was men in masks, which gives it a, a very different story, I think. I think that'd be very different. <laughs> I honestly thought that was the case. And I mean, yeah. maybe that's just for like seeing the trailer or whatever like that. But again, interesting to know and kind of makes me a little bit more um, um, understanding of, of yeah. the characters like that. You already mentioned, obviously, about Winnie the Pooh running around in a red T-shirt and, and no pants. That doesn't happen this time yeah. around. <laughs> I always feel like anyone who does that is an agent of chaos. Donald yeah. Duck is another one. He's off his head. Winnie the Pooh. Um, I'm always like, got any trousers lying around? Especially when there's other characters in there who seem to wear trousers. I know. That it's like it's a personal preference that these characters don't want to wear trousers. And I'm like, why is this acceptable in their society? Could you imagine if we wandered around without trousers in our society? You'd get arrested. <laughs> you would get arrested. Um, quite freeing, <laughs> well, I imagine, temporarily. Yeah. But... My question is, where where are the police? Where are the law enforcement in Pooh's world? Why is no one telling him? You know, this isn't on. You should you should be covering yourself, sir. Maybe just because they're they're in the hundred acre wood, there's no one around to to, to see it happen, to see this flasher in action. Mm. <laughs> so he's always he's always stuck in a tree with, with 
with his, sorry, with his big yellow ass, just like. Oh tree. man, I'm loving this interview. <laughs> what? How does he get himself into? I'm assuming that uh, Winnie the Pooh doesn't get himself into any of those situations in this film. Maybe he does. I don't know. N- no, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, oh dear so, me. <laughs> so um, I got a couple of couple couple more questions that are sort of focusing yeah. on the um the sort of in- inclusion of Winnie the Pooh in this mm-hmm. thing. So before taking on this horror version of the Hundred Acre Wood, you previously diced with Krampus. Yeah. And an evil Easter bunny. What do you think is like the most compelling thing about horror influences on like traditionally innocent or child friendly um, characters in pop culture? Well, the reason why I really like these horror spinoffs is I think a lot of these characters, for example, like Winnie the Pooh, um, the Easter bunny, they're fictional characters that are kind of catered towards children. And you wouldn't ever really come across them in your adulthood. So I think it's really nice that now we're making these characters relevant for adults by putting them in a horror setting. It's like you're giving the characters a whole new audience, which I think is pretty cool. And I never really thought that I would experience. And I mean, there's I think there's quite a few films coming out now where people have taken inspiration from this. Like, for example, the mean one with the Grinch. Um, I know that the guys oh, that yeah. did two, they've got like Bambi and Peter Pan coming up. And I think it's a really great idea. To me, it makes complete sense because some of my favorite fictional characters originated like with the stories from Brothers Grimm, which were really mm. dark. And a lot of those characters, like for example, Snow White, Cinderella, Rapunzel, Little Red Riding Hood, like they were taken by Disney and turned into these cartoons for children. Mm. But at the root of these stories, they were meant to be kind of tragic, dark stories by Brothers Grimm. You know, they were never meant to be like, oh, fun Disney princesses. Mm. So I think yeah. it's nice in a way that they're kind of being turned around now back to what they were originally and given a horror twist, which I think a lot of people forget. They just think, for example, Cinderella. They're like, oh yeah, she's a Disney princess. And I'm like, no, she has like a dark backstory, you know? So it's it's mm. really cool. I'm really excited to see what films people make over the next few years, because I'm hoping this will kind of open the doors for like so many more fictional characters to have like a horror twist. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've kind of always always thought that that with some um like fantasy characters like these are kind of rooted in in horror and if they were given a slightly different twist it could be a completely different thing. Did you say the filmmakers are looking at Bambi and Peter Pan as well? The, the... Yeah, so I believe they're in I think they're in pre-production as we speak actually, yeah. Wow, okay. I can <laughs> begin to imagine like what's going to happen there. <laughs> I guess Bambi uh avenging death of her mom. Um, I'm not too sure to be honest. I'm not involved in those ones. I just know it's called Bambi the Reckoning, and I'm trying to figure out like, is Bambi the villain? I think Bambi might be the villain. I know the names. I'm like they're so like dramatic. (laughs) I love it. And then it's like Peter Pan's Neverland Nightmare. I think the names are sick. (laughs) I mean, that's a great name. That's a good name. Mm -hmm. I've always, I've always kind of been a bit suspicious of Peter Pan. You know, like never ages. So what he's got like the brain. He's got the brain of an adult. Flying yeah. around, going into kids' windows. Hanging out with kids. It's a bit concerning. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon Captain Hook's got it all right. I think he's actually the anti-hero of the story. It's Peter Pan we need to be worried about. Yeah, I think you're right. Food for I thought, think yeah. I think you're right. Food for thought, indeed. Um, so, so, of course, um, there's the UK premiere this Friday, which is tomorrow as a recording. Yes. And this by the time this episode goes live, it will be today. Mm-hmm. So that's very, very exciting that you'd be attending that. How was the world premiere? Because I've been looking into this. Oh, it was in Jan it was in January, wasn't it? And it was yes. in Me- Mexico City. 
It was indeed. So we had a world premiere on the 24th of January in Mexico City. I've never been to Mexico before. And oh my goodness, it's a beautiful country. The people are amazing. The fans, wow, I was blown away. Like we literally got off our flight. It was a 12 hour flight. I was like a zombie walking through the airport, like uh, what time zone am I in? Um, and we just got stopped by fans and they were asking to take photos and asking us. They had like the Winnie the Pooh masks and they were getting us to sign it. And it was just wow. the sweetest thing. And I wasn't expecting that. And at the premiere, the reception that we had was incredible. Like the fan base over there was just amazing. They really embraced the films. And I think, well, what I've learned now is that they love horror films. So it was definitely the right place to have the world premiere. I'm really grateful that I got to go there. I never thought I'd go to Mexico. Uh, and then we had the European premiere in Amsterdam on Valentine's Day, which was oh, okay. Cool. Also, oh, wow. people went on a date to see Winnie the Pooh, I guess. <laughs> and then we have yeah. um, the UK premiere tomorrow. So it's been really cool getting to visit all of these different countries and the audiences have reacted differently in different countries so when i sit in at the premiere and i'm watching the film i do like to see how people react and it's really interesting to see how kind of different cultures like appreciate different bits of the film which mm -hmm. i wasn't really expecting but i guess just as a filmmaker i was like oh i just want to see what people like like you know what yeah. the highlights of the film and some scenes get like really intense reactions like anytime there's a death scene people are like Woo! Or like cheering away, or they're like booing poo, and it's yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that sounds well. That like a really interesting cross section of like cultures to have been able to see it, um, and then obviously um, a crowd with Glasgow. Oh, tomorrow. I can't wait! Like I have Scottish heritage. I love Scottish people. Okay. I'm excited to be going to my home roots, and I think Glaswegian people have the best sense of humour. So I think they're gonna love <laughs> the comedy in the film. I know yeah. they're gonna have a great time. I just. Oh, I can't wait to see how people react at the premiere. This is the one that I'm most excited for, for that reason. <laughs> yeah, oh, amazing. So, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen the film yet. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing it, especially okay. after after our chat. So uh, I did have just a couple, just a couple more things. So um, question here would be, this is, I guess we've kind of already touched upon this, but this is more personal to you. So as an actor or potentially in real life, depending on how we want to look at this, which of your childhood favourites would you, A, most like to find yourself battling against a, a murderous version of yeah and be least like to find yourself battling against mm. a murderous version of i guess who who would you consider your, your chance you take your chances against see i would say i'd take my chances against someone like winnie the pooh well you say that after seeing the film, you change your mind <laughs> he's crazy exactly <laughs> winnie, okay. for god's sake <laughs> let me have a think i think i would feel most comfortable going against a murderous version of Scooby-Doo because I think I could distract him with snacks. Yeah. I think I could snacks. have like a little stash of uh, Scooby snacks and potentially distract him and run away. So I feel like that would be my best bet at surviving. I think least likely chance of surviving has got to be like Lion King, Simba, Mufasa. Yeah. Oh, he's Ooh, scary Mufasa. as it is as a cartoon. Imagine him in real life on like a murderous rampage. Yeah, like it's, that's just like a lit going up against a literal lion. Yeah, no, that would not be the one for me. That would that would be scary. Yeah, I would just surrender. So eat me now. Put me out my misery. Eat me, eat me now. Come on, Mufasa. It's all right. Um, I uh, Scooby Doo is a great answer. I think definitely. But Thank I also I, I do kind of think Scooby Doo would be kind of scary. I imagine like a rabid, almost like Cujo version. Oh yeah, he'd be like all drooly, wouldn't he? Oh no, that would. I'd have to throw yeah. the snacks at him. I wouldn't want to get too close in case I got like rabies. You know, you'd keep a safe distance. No, you don't want that. 
Um, you don't want that. And imagine if all the rest of Mystery Inc. have got rabies as well. They're all coming for you. Oh, that would time. not be ideal. Oh, I can't take them all at once. No, no, no. The deal was just one. I can take on Scooby. I'm not having Shaggy and the rest of them there as well. That's too much. <laughs> I need a team with me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Terrifying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and also Mufasa is probably the best. For some reason, when I was thinking about that, I imagine like the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that would you. be terrifying. But he's already scary. I feel like he doesn't even need to be any more scary. You know, he's quite an imposing presence in himself. He's an incredibly imposing presence. Yeah. And also, I noticed that there's quite a common thread amongst Disney fans that they prefer how he looks when he's the Beast to when he turns back into a human. Is this a thing? I think so. <laughs> Not just me personally, but I think that might be one specific community who's saying that. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's I... not name the community. Let's not out anyone. Okay, yeah, there's no, no need I'm, for that. I'm just saying generally, perhaps it's a specific type of people who like this. <laughs> Potentially, yeah, um, that would be my answer anyway. That yes. that I'd be scared to take on the beast. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking about questions to abuse the beast now. I'll change the subject. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so before we wrap this up, Amber, I've got a little bit of a quick fire round for you. Yes. Um, Hit me with it. So based on just like general stuff, but also based like focused exactly on Winnie the Pooh and Honey. So, quick fire round. Happy ending or hint for a sequel? There is a sequel confirmed. Oh my god! Is mm. there? Yeah, before it came out in cinemas, it was confirmed. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. And, and what about in general with films? Do you prefer a happy ending or a hint for a sequel? Um. I'm like I like happy endings but if it's a really good story and I think there's more that they could explore then I want a hint for a sequel but some films are complete in one film you know they don't need to be like dragged yeah. out to a sequel I guess so it depends and if sometimes it feels like there's an unnecessary hint for a sequel isn't it yes there are many unnecessary out. sequels out there that's sure right um <laughs> final final girl or first victim Ooh, as an actor, I'd rather be a final girl because more screen time, obviously. And I feel like the first victim, they always die too soon. You don't even get to like appreciate them as a character, you know, you just start to get to know them and then they're gone. And you're like, okay, yeah. bye. I like a first victim when you think the character is like the main character. Ah, I do like that. Yeah. So I mean, like, like, like Drew Barrymore in Scream, for example. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, I like I like that. I think that's good. So I don't know why I'm answering the questions. I no, apologize. I like your answers. This okay. is great. I keep getting ahead of myself where I'm going, I'd, I'd like to ask if someone interviewed me. <laughs> um, okay, from now on, everything you ask me, I'm going to ask you back. It'll never happen. That's how we're doing this. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> let's do it. So movie night snack, popcorn or pizza? I mean, it doesn't have to be ex exclusively that, but. Can I choose pizza that's coated in popcorn? Oh, Potential God. loophole? You sicko. I, know, well, I wouldn't eat it. I'd take the popcorn off. I'm not a psychopath. Okay. Jesus. Okay. I'm glad I'm glad you confirmed that. I think I'd say pizza as well. I'm just going to answer them as well. Sorry. No, I was uh, going to say, I was about to ask you. So okay. Please okay. go ahead. <laughs> Definitely pizza, always. Um, what type of pizza, pizza. pizza Are you pepperoni or are you... I mean, I do like a pepperoni, but I feel like any pizza is good pizza. I'm definitely, I like of, I'm definitely of that. Like, you present me with any pizza, unless I had something really controversial on it i would just go that's amazing it's delicious me too um, yeah definitely um watch watch alone or watch with friends oh depends on the genre okay mm. i'm gonna say answer. generally watch with friends but sometimes if i'm in the mood i love watching a horror film by myself and just scaring the mm. jesus out of me because yeah why not? yeah you know I what about you I'm... what do you prefer i would say 
watch a fi- watch a favorite of mine with friends something mm-hmm. i've seen before so i can like watch their reaction to certain moments yeah. and scares and jumpy bits if it's a film i'm watching for the first time i'd rather watch al- alone or at least in like a cinema scenario so i can like fully embrace embrace i hate when you're watching a film and someone's he's just like oh i recognize that person from that i'm just yeah. gonna google the whole cast while you're trying to enjoy it and I'm like, well, I just want to enjoy the film. And then it's so distracting. And then you're looking at the person and you're looking at the screen and then you miss like a huge moment and you're like, well, you can watch this again. Great. Yeah. Devastated. <laughs> um, okay. And now some more honey related quickfire questions. Okay. I don't know why I've compared these two things, but Jessica Alba's 2003 movie Honey or Billy Piper's 1998 single Honey to the Bee. Film. Yeah, Jessica Alba's Honey has to be. Yeah. I, I was I googled that earlier and there's two sequels I didn't even realize existed. I didn't even know there was one sequel. Oh, learn something every day. Three. There we yeah. go. Okay, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Shrunk because I feel like that's more politically correct. I feel like that's the yeah. correct answer to go for. I was always confused by Honey, I Blew Up the Kids because it was literally just like one. Ki- First of all, it was one kid, not kids. Yeah. It grew really big, and as a kid, I always thought somebody just. <laughs> like strap some dynamite to them or something and they literally blow up so this is the thing because of the title for the longest time i thought they were actually blown up and even though they're not every time i hear the title my brain's like well i'm, I'm just not gonna go with that one because it, it sounds like someone dynamites a child and that's never a good scenario no no not the best <laughs> sequel uh <laughs> honey nut cornflakes or honey nut loops honey nut loops even still a thing oh i don't i'm gonna say loops because i thought they weren't a thing so maybe we can bring those back Let's bring him back. Uh, and the final quick fire question. This is the one I kind of needed to apologize for. Oh, can man. you do, I mean, I'll try as well. Can you do an impression of Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> I know that I can't, but I'm going to give it a try. Uh, you go first. I'll let you do one. I've never tried this before oh, in my wait, life. Well, well I've got to go first. Yeah, you have to I've, go first. You're asking me to I've, do it. You have to do it. <laughs> I've never tried before. What does he even say? Oh, he says like. He says, oh, bother. Yeah, that's it. Oh no! See, I was just, I was about to do it then, and I feel like I was in the zone, and then. Sorry, I'll be I'll be silent. Oh. We're both. Oh, Barber. That was quite good. That, I can't even think what he sounds like. I thought he yours sound... was a good one. He sounds like um, he's he's very anxious. Yeah. Um, he's he's had a rough time. Yeah. Um, and he's not quite sure of anything he's saying. This one's got like a little question mark. That's a bit confusing. Okay, let's let's go for one. Um, <clears throat> I know this isn't going to end well. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> Why did that sound Irish? What it was that? a little bit Irish, yeah. Oh, Irish no. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I'm going to say yours is probably better than mine now. I think mine was no. just a little... Mine was more of a whimper. Yeah, but yours was more Winnie the Pooh. Mine was like a random Irish person being like, oh, I've had a bad day. Oh, bother. <laughs> I oh, did bother. not sound like Winnie day, the Pooh but... at all. <laughs> Get me some honey. Uh, well, there we go. I, I told well, you I apologise for that one. We did try. Um, what are you currently working on or next? That's not the quickfire. I've, I've ended yeah. the quickfire round. Okay. This is the final question. Awesome. Um, so I have quite a few uh, more indie feature films coming up. Um, I'm working on one called Dying Breed, which I'm not just an actor on. I'm currently editing the script and I'm producing as well. Wow, it's okay. a Viking film about the end of Slavic paganism. So it's very, very different to Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, I just, I've done so many horror films in the past. I've done about... 
23 British horror feature films now. And I thought, you know, now is probably the time. There's so many genres that I love. I'm going to start doing a few different genres. Um, mm. So I've got a psychological thriller coming out called Baby in the Basket, um, which I'm really excited for. And that's about a baby in a basket, obviously, that's uh, left with some nuns. <laughs> I play oh, Agnes, wow, okay. one of the nuns. Uh, I kind of take the baby and look after it as my own. Um, but all of these weird and scary situations begin to unfold and then i think hmm, perhaps this baby is the son of the devil da, da, da. and then i go a little bit crazy i get put in isolation perhaps i'm possessed who knows uh but there's some yeah i think that's going to be a challenging one when i read the script i was like oh i don't know if i'm ready for this this is intense but i'm very excited really cool story it's one of those what i love about psychological thrillers is that there's so many twists and turns and you never mm. know what's going to happen next so very excited for that incredibly excited for dying breed it's um that's a really cool one so it's kind of about like the battle for love um like a battle for freedom a battle for belief it's basically a group of Rus vikings that they're trying to travel to sweden to find like a safe haven shipwrecked in england come across all these saxons i play one of the saxons there's like a love triangle there's action there's comedy there's drama there's oh, wow. okay. yeah there's a lot going on and we're currently in pre-production we're looking for investment and funding so we can do a proof of concept this summer maybe like a 20 minute short film um just to show people what we're thinking and then we're hoping to get cast attached so we can maybe film next year wow that's a that lot incredibly <laughs> exciting that is a lot um but yeah that must be great and something yeah. something to look forward to as well um, so so where can our listeners find more from you um or keep up to date with your new project projects um mm -hmm. I guess follow so, you on any platforms or yeah so I am on all of the social medias um I mainly post on Instagram and Twitter but you know I'm on YouTube TikTok Snapchat if a new one pops up I'll probably be on that as well um and if you just search my full name Amber Doigthorn that's how you can find me and I try to respond to all comments and all messages so if you've got any questions about the film or anything just fire me a message wow. and I will try and get back to you I'm sure plenty of people are going to have qu questions and queries about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, or they're at least going to want to hear your Winnie the Pooh impression one oh, more no. time. Oh no, please never again. I can't. <laughs> Once was enough. <laughs> Once was enough. Um, so thanks. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. And please consider giving us a rating or review. Um, and thank you so much, Amber, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Thank you for having me, Ben. That was one of the most fun interviews that I've done recently. So thank you for making it so enjoyable. No problem at all. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about the film. Of and good luck with the UK premiere. Thank you very much. I hope that you enjoy it when you get to see it. Oh, yeah. Definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.